1: Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow.
2: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in another great episode of Real Real Estate Today. I was laughing because right as we went on the air, Karen's back. Yay! Yay, I'm back. And then she had to cough right as they said, you're live. And so I was laughing about that. So anyways, hey, I'm Deb Tomorrow. I am your host of Real Real Estate Today. And we are here to dispel the myths and tell you what you really need to know about real estate. Not just what you see on HGTV. There's a new HGTV show. No, it's not HGTV. It's on the History Channel, but it's about home renovation. Have you seen that? No. Uh, I have not. No. I saw an ad. Are you ads. sure it's
3: history and not it, No,
2: I know it is. It's history because I was watching American Pickers. Do you ever watch American yes, Pickers? Yes, I do. That was on last night, and they were doing ads for a new show that I think was on later, but I went to bed, um, called Lone Star Restoration and it's, is it it's in texas it is in texas brilliant sherlock <laughs> and uh, and they go and they restore renovate old homes but what makes it interesting is that they use some appropriate tools of the era of whatever of whenever the home was built
3: Oh, so like if it was built in the 1800s, they would be using... That a, planer thing and yeah, giant
2: wheels that you can crush your foot that on sounds or whatever.
3: fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, it wasn't
2: so... I know Rachel's giving it a thumbs down. It wasn't so appealing that I stayed up to watch it.
3: History Channel?
2: It was the History Channel, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure. So anyways, I'm going to have to look okay. into that. So uh, so Karen, welcome back again. Thanks. And uh, we're also joined by um, Rachel. Who did a fabulous job in your stead for the past couple of weeks. So, big shout out to her. Uh, if you don't know Karen Rastel, you haven't looked her up on the, the Facebook. She is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Uh, so, we appreciate having her here. She said, I don't even know what today's show is about. No, I don't. I said, that's okay. It's a part two. So, we'll catch you up. There's it's a like little review. a sabbatical. Review. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm I know.
2: I'm, I'm excited. Know, I know. So, <clears throat> what we were talking about last week is how should my realtor be marketing my home? Not about what your realtor does when they sell a home because there's a million moving parts to that in terms of, you know, doing analysis, telling you how to price it, helping you stage it, helping you negotiate, yada yada yada. But just how are they getting the word out, drawing traffic to your home? Yeah, getting a buyer through the door. Okay. And that came about because last week we did, I did a broker open, and we're going to talk about. We didn't get to that. Shockingly, I had about eight things last (laughs) week. I got through three or four. Uh, So. We're going to talk about, we're going to review those briefly so we can bring Karen up to speed. And then we're going to talk about a few other things too. Um, I also wanted to encourage everyone to follow me on Facebook. Have you seen my Facebook post this week?
3: No. Are you doing Chuck Norris? It is 30 stuff? days of Chuck Norris. I'm going to do this Back right by now. popular
2: demand because several, several years ago, I don't know, Karen, did you ever do the November I'm thankful for? No, I think that's kind of cheesy. It's I'm a thankful cheesy. every day, but There whatever. you go. Well, so everybody was doing in November. Apparently, the in thing to do is, all the cool kids do it, is to post every day one thing that you're thankful for. So that was fine. I appreciated that. I watched that. I didn't participate, but I watched it. And then come December, I thought, well, I, now that November's over, I'm going to do 30 days of Chuck Norris. And I love these Chuck Norris jokes. I don't know why. They're stupid. Karen's looking at it. She's she has slapped her knee. <laughs> Literally, know. it's yeah. knee slappingly yes, funny, right?
3: That's awesome.
2: <clears throat> so it's all these things about how awesome Chuck Norris is. So if you want to follow that, let's see. Today's was um, when Chuck Norris steps on a Lego, it tickles his foot. So anybody who's ever stepped on a Lego knows what that means. Um, yesterday's was really good because yesterday is the screensaver on my telephone. That when, oh, yes. when Chuck calls, you have the option to answer or answer. Or answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No option to decline there. Uh, one of my favorites is when Chuck Norris does push-ups, he isn't pushing himself up. He's pushing the earth down.
3: Yes. I
2: always wanted that for like a, a t-shirt to wear to the gym. So anyways, it has nothing to do with re- real estate except that my my pledge was someone, I, people go and post Chuck Norris stuff to my page all the time because they know that I just think that that stuff's really funny. It has nothing yes, to do with whole anything. Yes, the Pokemon thing. We're gonna come to that one. Yeah, that's on my list. (laughs) So don't don't steal my thunder. The people have to check Facebook every day. So, anyways, when people were laughing about uh, something uh, Chuck Norris saying recently, I vowed to uh, for thirty days before the election to post a Chuck Norris every day as my attempt to distract. So we're calling Chuck is the antidote for the election. Chuck for president, but
3: yeah, I bet Chuck Norris listens to this show. He probably does. I'm sure Can we hashtag does. him or we something should hashtag him. He would totally listen to it because what else is he doing except, you know, does he still do those um, exercise commercials that I don't know? Yeah. Your hand movements just <clears throat> made me think of like numchucks. Oh, no, it wasn't <laughs> was
2: like Right. So anyways. Okay. So please take a look at that. Um, and then I have something else really exciting. I mean, this is just a segment full of exciting stuff, right? I am not pregnant. Okay. Karen's are you getting a new ba- the, or a new puppy? I am not getting a new puppy because our puppies are fighting right now. We're having some strife okay. as the new one is settling in and realizing that he has the ability to be, um, dominant. And so now it's all like, it's my food and nobody else's. And the little puppy gotcha. is, looks hungry. But anyways, no, I have the answer to one of the things that I think stresses you out the most. You may not realize it. So, Uris, okay, let me back up here. You know I live in an old house. Yes. It's like 100 years old, right? Yes. So there's no way that my house could ever be a smart house because it's just an old house. I don't have all the new Oh, you mean going like, niggle. oh, yeah,
3: like everything's like programmed. Right. You can have the curtains open. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right.
2: Okay. So, Uris, we all know, love of my life. Uh, Sunday night, he says, look at this. And he starts messing with his phone. And all the lights in the house start going on and off. What the heck? He went to Menards and my house is a smart home now.
3: Nuh-uh. Swear.
2: There's this product called Wink. Like Wink,
3: right? Yeah.
2: And it was like 60 bucks or something for a hub. You buy this little hub and it, uh, you sync it up with your wireless or your Wi-Fi in your house. And then you download an app on your phone. And then he bought light bulbs. He said they were priced about the same as normal light bulbs. But the light bulbs have Bluetooth in them. What? So great. So now, here, hold on. I'll pull it up on my phone so that no one can see. I didn't realize that yours was so techie. Like, he should come to my house. It's maybe... not that hard. Okay, so here's the <laughs> Wink app on my phone. And if I pull it up, um, it's here, living room light, dining room light, yours is office light. Oh, and so you if you turn that, it on while you're not there. I just turn the light on. So, of course, yesterday, Yuris was having great fun turning the lights on and off on me while he was out working, you know, 20 <laughs> miles away. The lights would go on and off. It's I a good thing he it. told me what he did. Okay, but it gets even better, right? Okay. So, and I mean, that's really, I mean for under $100, we were able to basically turn the home into a smartphone home. Now, this hub, this Wink hub syncs up with a ton of different things so it syncs up with your garage door opener like they have a, a very compelling story on their website about a gentleman who's confined to a wheelchair he can't reach the garage door opener but that's his main in uh entrance because that's where the ramps are but he just has an app on his phone and he just boom and he can't reach the um lights in the house the light switches some of them are too high too okay and so he can do that that's really cool um you can do irrigation. You can do your thermostat. It doesn't have to be a Nest thermostat. There's other, like, four or five brands of thermostats that interact.
3: Did he just find this on his own? I, or did I didn't he ask just these questions. Or happened to be at the store and was like, oh, what's this?
2: Probably. Probably that's okay. when it was lost it became this big thing. Um, locks on your doors, window shades. They have automated ones you can lower and raise. I mean, think about it. If you're away on vacation, you can just, like, make it look like your house is being lived in. You know, I'm huge on that. Okay, but here's where it gets exciting. Karen, are you ready? I'm totally ready. It has a water sensor
3: <gasps> to let me know if my house is it's flooding. flooding. <laughs> to let
2: you know if your house is flooding. I love you it. You would take the, um, the sensors, and I don't know what that looks like, um, but you would place it in strategic places around your house. And it connects, there's a sensor valve that connects to your main water shutoff. And so if you, because the water that you had when you had your big flood, it was coming out behind the toilet, right? Yeah. If you had a sensor on the floor there, as soon as that sensor got wet. Exactly. It would shut the main water valve off to your house.
3: So I need, and then notify you. I needed yours to find this like a year ago. I know exactly, mm-hmm. but isn't okay. that amazing? That's pretty cool. This
2: said, their website says that water damage is the second highest claim filed with insurance companies in the country.
3: <laughs> I think this is I, huge. I believe that huge for, for a sure. ton
2: of reasons. I um I tweeted the the wink people, but I haven't heard back from them yet. Um, I was hoping they could maybe you know do some demonstrations or something. Um. I think this is really, really cool for sellers, too, because especially in this time of year, um, when you're going to sell your house, we always say, you know, if you can turn all the lights on, that would be great, Um, especially as it starts to get darker. And we're going out at 515 to show a house, you know, right before when people get off work. If you haven't been home yet and the lights aren't on because maybe you got showing notification a few hours earlier, then um, just to help us turn a few lights on so we're not walking into a dark home would be huge. And for that cost, I mean, that's very, very reliable. I don't know if it would work on vacant homes because you have to have Wi-Fi in order to do it. Maybe you can do a hotspot or something. I don't know how that stuff works. But um, I think this is, you know, you can check your thermostat settings. You can um, turn off the, remotely turn off the home's water. If like, say you get notification that your thermostat, you're out of town, thermostat goes out and you need to, you know, save your pipes from freezing or whatever.
3: Okay, so he got this, and then he just downloaded an app, and, like, it's that easy. Yep. You sync up your, um, let's see, you sync up the
2: hub, with your okay. Wi-Fi, uh, your, like, router, and then whatever appliance. So, like, the light bulbs. Right. I think there was, like, a code or something that he had to, like, scan okay. and, like, sync up somehow. So, but it, it needed to look for it didn't take, like, all day. No. Like, he was just like, no. okay. And then when I came in, I just downloaded the app because he already had everything set up. And, boom, I'm turning lights on and off. <laughs> I'm five miles it. Okay. away. I really, really cool. Really cool. And they're, gonna, they're continuing to add products to that um, in different ways that it can be um, uh, you know uh, turning your house robotic so I think there was even he said this was one I thought was silly but I think there's something you can put in your if you had a refrigerator that had the egg container like the you know in the door where you can put your eggs instead of yeah. just keeping them in the carton and it'll tell you if you're out of eggs. Thank <laughs> like you. are at the grocery store that's and you're great. like, am I out of eggs? I just got a new refrigerator and I don't have one of those. I don't either. No. I know maybe that's something from when we were kids. But anyways, that is the Wink project and I think it's really cool and um, I think everyone should put that on their Christmas list. So, okay, so we've talked about how that product would be really useful for sellers, but let's switch a little bit and talk about how realtors can be useful for sellers. Um, You know, we hear a lot of complaints of, people feeling like the realtors aren't doing anything to sell their home. Uh, And so I wanted to talk about what the realtor should be doing to bring that person in through the door. And so, Karen, the things that we talked about last week, we talked about the MLS, making sure that it's on all the major sites, that not all realtors are on Zillow and Trulia. So you want to make sure and ask that question. And then we talked about making sure that listing information is accurate. Have you ever seen inaccurate listings? Yes. We talked about uh, your house having a walk-in panty. (laughs) or <laughs> or a or a big back dick? Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't seen those. No. I look for taxes aren't aren't shown correctly right. or they describe a manufactured house as a lovely three-bedroom ranch right. with a garden tub. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and not being accurate. And then as a corollary
2: to that, so so we were recommending to people, our, our gem, our takeaway was to uh, review your listing, make sure that it's accurate but also make sure that it's complete. We, we talked about how buyers these days want all the information at their fingertips. They don't necessarily want to have to make phone calls to figure out um, you know, pertinent bits of information that really should be in the listing. And then we talked about one of my favorite topics, which is photos. That how important it is to get buyers through the door. You've got to have good pictures. Yes. So we talked about the, um, you know, terrible real estate agent photos. We had some great ones this week that uh, we posted on Facebook. So that's always super fun. Um, and then we talked about my top ten pet peeves. Uh oh. Yeah. Toilet seats being up in the pictures. Uh, I don't like toilet seats up. Period. Right. It's just a necessity. I, you know, some. I often don't make a huge attempt to try and get the toilet in the pictures because everybody poops. You're right. It's kind of my feeling. Um, Pictures from the wrong season that show the house has been on the market for a really long time. Um, Realtors and mirrors. Mm, Love that one. Uh, Just people in general in the pictures. Uh, The listing paperwork is still sitting on the kitchen counter. They can't move that for the picture. Uh, Blurry pictures. Sideways pictures.
3: Sideways pictures. What the hell? I don't understand. It's just lazy, right? That's what we said last week. Just Just lazy. Just rotate. Well,
2: seriously, right after we did this show, the next day a listing popped up and it was a staircase. It was just standing at the top of stairs, pointing down, which does nothing but give people vertigo. But then it was also sideways, and I was just like, just lazy.
3: Sideways
2: staircase looking down. Right. Okay. Um, Blinding sunspots pets, blank rooms that don't tell you the story. Um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook today. Um, she's a realtor uh, in Indianapolis, and sh- they're using some virtual uh, staging, which is really cool. So if you've got blank pictures because the home is empty, you can hire a company and they superimpose furniture on the picture. So you don't have to move it so in or out fancy. to give people a sense of, yes. you know, what a room would look like. Really, really cool. So make sure you review those pictures Um And make sure that you don't have any pictures for your listing that end up on TerribleRealEstateAgent.com. So I think that was pretty much as far as we got. That was four things. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to get back into the rest of the list. So stick around. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today with Deb Tomorrow, your home for smart real estate.
4: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com Are you
1: interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: And we are back talking today about... How should your uh, realtor be marketing your home to get buyers through the door? We are in part two, so make sure you listen to part one, which was last week's show. Um, We had a good time with that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some other things that people ask about, um, expectations that, uh, that sellers might have. Karen, you look like you want to say something.
3: Well, no. Yesterday, because I've been in like on a sabbatical for like two weeks, right. so yesterday I was uh, looking at some recent articles, and there was one on Yahoo about uh, this. This person wanted to sell their house, and like they went through four agents who won't list their house. <laughs> won't list their house. They won't, <laughs> but they but they won't be honest and say whatever's going on with the house. But anyways, it was talking about. Um, you know, when you've got four top agents who are saying, "I don't know if we want to list either your house is ugly, it hasn't been updated, it needs this or needs There's that. blood stains on the carpet, blood stains." It was just kind of talking about what are you expecting this person to do? They won't even return your calls at this point. So this uh, reporter was saying you may a need to, need to try to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. B go with a discount broker where mm-hmm. they're going to charge per showing and. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, but it was on Yahoo just yesterday. Interesting. That that would make a good interesting. Someday we should have like a round table with a bunch of realtors in the room
2: and um and wine and we could talk about like what would make you not
3: take a listing. Yeah, I think the article. I don't think that happens very often. The article, the headline says something about you may need to come to terms that your house is too ugly to sell or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Right. Certainly but, it could
2: be the case. But usually then what truly is the issue is that the seller isn't willing to price it appropriately. Anything can sell if it's price rate. But if it's not, you know. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you're thinking your home is worth 500 and it's really worth $275, we are going to have a problem. Right. Um, But that's interesting because I think as a realtor, it's hard to walk away from a listing potential um, just because, you know, you want to think that you can do anything and you hate to (laughs) give up business and turn it away. But we've all had some times where we've, you know, wanted to fire or have fired clients. And, you know, I've had some clients who just won't allow showings. Well, (laughs) that's going to make it really, really difficult. But it's actually, once the listing contract is signed, there is... um, There is usually there are usually clauses in there that say, as the seller, you'll make the home available for showings. So if you're not holding up your end of the bargain,
3: why not? Why hire someone to promote and sell your home? Well,
2: you you don't want to. It's a pain in the butt to sell your home. That's why it is a pain. It is an inconvenience if you're still living there. And so some people want to try and control that a little bit and say, no, that's not a convenient time. I'm not willing to change my routine or, you know, change
3: my what time my kids eat dinner or whatever. And so they say no. But I as the as the seller, I would be thinking, what is my what is my like, what's my prize? Right. Eye on the prize. Exactly. I need to get out of this house and get into my new home for whatever reason. And so as inconvenient as it is, I have to figure it out. And it, I would say there is a large chunk of sellers out there who don't really
2: embrace that. You know what? There's going to be some discomfort. There is going to be some point along the way where, you know, I'm going to be inconvenienced. I may have to move twice. I may have to whatever. Um, it's not, you know, the easiest of propositions. But, um, but you're absolutely right. You need to keep your eye on the prize. One of the reasons that I was doing this show is because last week I did what's called a broker open and we all kind of know what open houses are and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But a broker open is something that I, I don't know if everybody is familiar with. I know Karen is familiar with it.
3: Well, Million Dollar Listing, they do. Do they bro- do broker? Oh, I guess they, they do.
2: Oh, that's right, because oh, they, they bring they totally in the <laughs>
3: entertainment and the... Oh, yeah, it's in the evening, <laughs> and there's yeah, caviar and right. whatever. Yeah. So,
2: a broker open is like an open house, but it's for realtors. Um, it's a great way to provide exposure to your home, um, and it's a great way to get feedback. So, I like to do broker opens after a home's been on the market a little while, um, if we're not getting the activity we want and we don't really understand why, it's great to open up the doors and have realtors come through and give you, you know, second and third opinions um, and, and give feedback. And sometimes it's really helpful because sometimes the sellers don't want to hear it from their agent. <laughs> it helps to have other agents go, yeah, your realtor was right, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um So I know here we typically do them during the week on Tuesdays, uh, midday, and we bribe realtors to come out with lunch, which is where Karen comes in because she usually sponsors the lunch for me. Um, So sometimes if it's a fancy, they might do a wine and cheese thing in the evening. That's what we see on HGTV all the time. Yeah. Pinkies out. Pinkies out. Finger sandwiches. I've okay. seen somewhere they've had like jugglers and smoke machines and.
3: Well, the one I watched, they had like a mermaid in in that pool. Excellent. Because they were trying to divert your attention to the construction going on ah. right in the back in the backyard. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. This
2: I don't really. say I live in mid- the Midwest. And um, that's probably not reality in the Midwest or for ninety-nine percent of the world. But anyways, so um so broker open can be a great way. Um you certainly need to talk to your realtor if you ask what their opinion is, what their feelings are in a broker open if they feel like that is appropriate. Um similarly, an open house, um, here's the thing, I'm gonna tell you a secret, share by lean in. Okay, because I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to put my hand up to my mouth. Uh, Open houses aren't really designed to sell your house. Did you know that, Karen? I did know that. Yeah. Open houses are designed so that realtors can pick up clients.
3: I heard that from a realtor once, and I thought, "Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. like I didn't really know at that time, but I, I I back that statement 100%. Right. Now, that being said, there's nothing wrong with open houses. I
2: love them. Um, picking up buyers is, is, you know, that's kind of, I mean, as a realtor, I have to do that. I have to sell your house, but I also have to keep filling the pipeline because I need to keep, you know, my uh, income flowing at some point, uh, you know, building a business too. However, chances are that an open house won't sell your home. I would say, gosh five percent chance i'm trying to think back like i know of one i can think of one instance where i held an open house and the buyer came through and she actually ended up buying the house interesting and maybe twice i've been in the business 10 years i do a lot of open houses because i like doing them
3: i'm gonna say all the open houses i've been to the neighbors are coming through yes, because they are interested in. you know we may be like putting our house in the market i want to see what my neighbors what the inside. they're checking out property values yes. in the neighborhood for sure um
2: And a lot of times you get people who are looking for homes, but not in that price range. I have a, a lot of buyers, like first-time buyers, but they once they kind of start to build some confidence about this home buying thing, they'll walk into a, you know, a $500,000 house because we just want to kind of see it and get ideas. Right. That's when you get a lot, too. I'm just
3: getting some decorating ideas. That last open house I was at, uh, the house that I, re- I really want to buy is in the adjacent neighborhood of mine. Yeah, we got an accepted offer this week. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not getting it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, but no, but when I was there visiting with you, that couple that came through and was like, oh, that garage yeah. is not as big as you say it is. Right. And I'm thinking, but they they were very argumentative about yeah. whether it was whatever dimension by whatever right. dimension. Right. And I know you were thinking, maybe this isn't the house right. for you. But they just kept hanging their hat on. That's not really a three-car right. garage. It's right. like two and a half. Right. It wasn't deep enough. Yeah. For a car. No car would ever fit in there is what they said.
2: Yes. So here's the thing, though, with open houses um, is that... It is a great chance for feedback. So like you said, so that guy comes through, he says, that garage isn't big enough. Okay, well, maybe we need to put a car in it so that people can see, oh, wait, there was a car in it. And he still said it wasn't big enough for a car. I don't know what can help that guy then. But, you know, if the garage was cluttered, maybe there's something we can do. Right. And, and so it's, I do a lot of eavesdropping in open houses and just listen to what people are saying to their significant others when there's not a realtor standing in front of them and they're kind of, you know, intimidated or it's awkward. Um, and we can pick up some good information about, or if people are asking the same question over and over again, um, then that's a good sign that, hey, you know what, we need to revisit the listing and make sure that that is information is in the listing because people seem to have that question multiple times. So it's a great way to get feedback. Some places don't make sense for an open house, like if you're way out in the country. Um, So, you know, my nugget for this is to ask your realtor what their philosophy is on open houses, um, how open houses fare in the area, if there's other ways to get feedback, because that feedback is just so important and so helpful. Um, So if you're not having a ton of showings, maybe open houses can be a good way to do that. Um, So that is my opinion on open houses. Let's talk about signs. This is interesting. You know, I I feel this show makes me feel old. Because I, I start to think back what's changed over 10 years. So then I go, I was in real estate. Wasn't it last week I was saying I was in real estate before smartphones? Yeah. Was that, yeah, yep. I was in real estate. I was going to say, I wasn't here last week. Well, I, I say that I a lot. That. Yeah. <laughs> I was in real estate before we texted, you know. Right. Um, and so, um, signs, I think the feeling, the, um, the purpose of signs, real estate signs, for sale signs, has changed a lot over the past 10 years. You still need a sign in front of your house, of course. It needs to be clear that the home is for sale mm-hmm. and that you're not refinishing your bathtub or getting new siding or, you know, like a contractor puts a sign up in right. front of your house. But, you know, there used to be this feeling that you had to put signs like everywhere. And that's because people were driving around
3: you to find like houses. leading up to the neighborhood? and, whatever. yeah, yeah okay. all kinds okay. of stuff, right?
2: Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. And... Because a, people aren't driving around. they're on the internet, right? Which then goes back to this whole idea of, you know, the having the MLS information correct, yada, yada, yada. Um, even having directions and having directional signs isn't really that necessary anymore because most people just, I haven't given directions GPS it. In years, because people are just like, I'll just put it in my GPS. I had a lady meeting me in my office a few months ago. Do you remember me telling you about this? And she called me and she's like, I don't know where it is. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to give you directions anymore. I had
3: someone do that to me too yeah. about a month or so ago, and I'm like, and
2: she's like, I'm here. I'm like, she was telling me what intersection she was in. I'm like, I don't, don't you have a GPS? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a lost skill now. How to give directions. Um, My directions tend to be a little convoluted because I'm like, go here by the big tree with the guy that's mowing his lawn and turn left kind of thing. So, you know, certainly without a doubt, you want to make it clear that the home is for sale. You've got a good for sale sign in front of your house and that you're not, like I said, having your siding done, your bathtub insert done. Um, But I don't know that you necessarily need a multitude of signs. I, I get this a lot, too. And right now, I know in our county, in our city, for sure, sign laws, we can't put signs hardly anywhere except in the yard of the houses for sale. Uh, and sometimes, like with condos, you're limited as to whether you can put signs in at all or you might have to put one in a window. But I've had clients, and they'll say, well, I want to sign here and here and here. And it's like, I can't do it. It's like yeah. against the law. <laughs> They're going to just take them. Right. Um, so that can certainly be an issue in a lot of communities these days as well. So that's what we know about sign signs everywhere A sign I don't remember the rest of that song. <laughs> it's probably time to take a break. That have another you drink. back to
3: like 1991 it's or 90 something.
2: Yeah. It goes back further than that. I think yeah. it's actually it- from the 60s Wow, 60s. reminds
3: me of high school.
2: Okay, well, there you go. That and Justin Timberlake. All right, we're going to go to a break because we're devolving into nothing useful. And we will be back in a few years listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate and nonsense.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested
1: in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: A wave of change is happening in our world now. A new feminine way of leadership is emerging. Yet this is not about women taking over. This rise of the feminine is helping men too. Join host, Gina Lazenby, award-winning businesswoman, best-selling author, and speaker on feminine wisdom as she reports on the rise of the feminine with inspiring stories of women who are coming into their own and finding their unique purpose. Tune in and join this conversation in The Rise of the Feminine each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: All right, thank you so much, so much for coming back. And if you didn't come back, I understand. <laughs> All right, so today we are talking about uh, what your realtor sh- real should be doing to get buyers through the door when you have your house for sale. And we talked about open houses and broker opens and signs. Um, let's talk a little bit about just marketing in general. I'm going to get a little philosophical here. Bear with me. I firmly believe that you should, that a realtor should market purposefully. That means that they need to define who the target market is. So, do you ever watch uh, Project Runway? No. 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 We can't be friends. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> in Project, do you know the premise of Project Runway? Yes. So you design clothes. Sure. Right? Up and coming designers and they're designing. Well, Tim Gunn, who's like their little mentor that walks around all the time, impeccably dressed, I right? I who that is. Yes. Okay. So he's always saying, who, who are you dressing? Who are you designing for? Who's your girl that you're, you know, trying to um, create for? And the designers, almost always, if they're successful, they have a pretty elaborate backstory. Have you seen it, Rachel? Do you watch that? I love Tim Gunn. Okay. She says, I love Tim Gunn. Very seriously. Like, don't, don't, oh, I almost said, don't mess with Tim Gunn because he's my guy. Okay, but, right, they have these elaborate stories about, well, she she works here and she gets off work and then she puts this jacket on and she goes to this place and she meets this person and they drink these drinks and they talk about these topics, right? They have this very, very specific. Yeah. But doesn't that make sense? Sure. Because then it helps you create this cohesive look, um, you know, and it just helps you focus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short is that they don't have that. And and the marketing then becomes unfocused and it doesn't make sense. And it just feels
3: off to people. I know I'm looking at it a little bit. No, I think any good realtor would say, how are we going to get this house sold as quickly as possible? Like, what is our target market? Is this a family home? Is this a starter home? Is this a second phase home? Right. And we have to be careful because we can't be like, this would be a great home
2: for people with kids. We can't use that in our marketing. Sure. Because that would violate, because then it sends a message that if you're single, back off. And certainly that doesn't make good sense for equal housing. You know, we want to make sure that we have a lot of rules that we have to follow. However, it does help you, you know, if you're trying to market to someone who wants a lot of privacy, if that's like the person you have in mind, but you're selling a condo, there's going to be a disconnect and it's not going to make sense right so you know one of the first things i always do with my sellers is i ask them you know why did you buy the house tell me about where you were in your life and what made you you know make this decision that kind of thing because that helps me figure it out um and then i look at you know the price point and what kind of financing is available um and the location i have this great listing i put up this this past week uh, yesterday i guess because today's tuesday isn't it Uh, that I put up yesterday, its location means that it would be great for people who work at um, Crane, which is a naval base nearby. It's a great location for that. So I'm going to be thinking about, okay, so now who works at this naval base? Lots and lots of engineers, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, so when I write my listing description or I provide my information, I need to think about it as to what would an engineer want to know?
3: Floor plan, numbers, square footage, all of that. And they want to
2: know the mechanicals. Yes. They want to know the details. How old is this? How old is that? Mm-hmm. What do the utilities run? That kind of information. So then that's sort of how I'm crafting sort of the theme of that listing. Um, but if I were, you know, if it were a listing that was maybe somewhere near campus and it was maybe an older home and it had a very, you know, arty feel or it was right next to the park where the movies play on Friday nights. You know, I mean, it's going to be a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that's really important. And I would ask your realtor you know, who they think the likely buyer is. And it, you know at the end of the day, 50/50 chance it could end up being somebody completely different. But I think by having that um, idea in mind, knowing who a potential target market is just creates a cohesiveness that just makes the listing. I know it sounds crazy, but like it makes the listing more comfortable. That's sort of the psychological part of all this things. Of, of all of this is that you're selling a home to somebody. Uh, if it was an investment property, that's different. You're selling a business. You're selling numbers. But if you're selling a home to somebody, they want to feel comfortable. And so the listing needs to kind of make them feel comfortable. If there's weird pictures or misspellings, it distracts them. Um, and it kind of makes them go, something's weird about this. Um, or just in general, they look at the pictures and they go, what's up with this house? hmm There's a, I showed a house today. Um, The pictures, I mean, the house is so cluttered. It's just, you know, and you can tell like the carpet's really filthy and whatever. They've they've offered a flooring allowance, so they know the carpet's bad. But it just sort of had this weird vibe to it. So we kind of knew before we even walked in the door Mm -hmm. that it just like something made us uncomfortable. So then when we walk in and the house smells smoky, then it made it even... You know what I'm saying? Like we walked through the door and we were suspicious to begin with. Right. And then we were much less forgiving on things that maybe if the house was spectacular, we would have, you know, or we hadn't been suspicious or whatever. Um, So you kind of do have to get a little bit that deep, if that makes sense. This is when you tell me that, yes, Deb, that made perfect yes, sense. Yes, it totally
3: makes sense because what, what you're seeing online first is that's what you're setting your expectations for. So when you do go into the home and it does have a unique smell, it could be <laughs> it could be smell. cat urine for all we know. I don't know. Um, or smoke or whatever it is. It does, because you think, you know what, let me go and look at the house because maybe right. walking in is going to be different. Right. But then it has a different smell. It has whatever going on. And then it just kind of... You know yeah. solidifies like right. what you originally thought about the house and now you cannot change that. If you're suspicious to begin with it right. makes
2: it makes the house have to meet an even higher standard. And right. so that's why yeah, being accurate and understanding who the market is is important. Okay, okay let's talk about this is a good one. I'm gonna try and uh, explain this as best I can because I, I try to explain it to sellers all the time. but you know we talk some realtors will send out postcards and flyers and do you know additional advertising, whether it's newspapers or whatever. And in some markets that may be popular,
3: Um, I don't know. Have you ever seen anything in your mailbox from realtors? What do you you see? Just listed postcards. I see. I have sold eighty thousand homes in your neighborhood, and I can sell (laughs) yours whenever you're ready. Right. So that's sort of advertising the realtor. But a lot of
2: times you'll see like, I just listed your neighbor's house, and here's you know what it's listed for kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because the thought process is. I mean, again, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to tell you a secret. That's really just to advertise the realtor. A little bit, You're probably yes. not going to sell your house. Right. Mm-hmm. That's your secret. So here's the thing, and let me try and explain this. I'm so anxious about trying to explain this. Finding, it's because it's another one of these. Remember the famous cereal box analogy? Yes. Oh, that was a great one. Okay, this is kind of okay. like that. Okay, looking for a buyer is like looking for a needle in a haystack. Okay. okay. So there's different haystacks. So do you go with a haystack that has one needle in it? And look there? Or do you go with a haystack that has a thousand needles in it and look there? Thousand needles. Thousand needles. What's that haystack called?
3: Uh, A haystack of a thousand needles? It's called the internet. (laughs) Does that make sense? Maybe a little it's bit. It's called yeah. the internet. The internet. The so, interweb. Yes. The interwebs. The interwebs.
2: So I had a client once and he was insisting that I make up flyers for him to take down to this naval base because I can't get on the naval base because they make warheads or something there. So it's all shut down, but he's retired so he can get in because he can get into the commissary. Is he wanted the one, he wanted the one needle. He was looking for the one needle. So here was my point I was trying to explain to him. If someone is looking for a house, they are on the internet looking for a house. I cannot create a flyer that's so compelling that it is going to convince someone who isn't looking for a house that they should buy a house. Let me well, say that again.
3: No, I mean I hear what you're saying, but you might, A, be underestimating yourself. Or <laughs> B, you. I mean, I'll tell you what, I've gotten I have received those postcards in the in my mailbox, mm-hmm. like, hey, I just listed your neighbor's house mm-hmm. and I'm listing it for XYZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I may or may not like the particular realtor that sent it, um, <laughs> but it does put a question in my head, or I, sh- I should put this on my husband right. because I'm in the business he you know he may go, hmm, I wonder what Deb would list our house for right I wonder, you know, would we consider selling because right. anything is for sale, right. Even though we have no intention of moving, right? But I'm just saying, you could you could propose, you could put, produce a, a flyer that's so you know riveting that someone's going to say, "By golly, I want to go buy."
2: All of a house sudden, I want to sell my house and buy my buy, house and upgrade exactly. my family, and this, that. Yeah. Okay, your argument is compelling. Okay. So I will give you credit for that, and I'm not saying it's not true, but eighty twenty rule, right? And so, really, you know, if it if you can. Put up a flyer, but I don't think that a realtor should be spending their days going from grocery store to grocery store, putting up flyers, advertising a house. You're not going to get your buyer that way. Right. It's just not going to. And then neglect the other areas that we're talking about um, for helping find a buyer. So that's the point I'm trying to make here is that um, that your buyer, your haystack with the most needles in it is going to be the Internet. And that's why you need to go back to that. Um, MLS, Internet, your listing online, making sure that it's everywhere, that it's accurate, and that you have great pictures. That was a really good argument.
3: I would think so. I bet, you know, I think it'd be tough to be you, to be a realtor and a buyer say or seller say, This is what I really like you to do, even though it goes against your better judgment. And, you know, I mean, if I have a
2: buyer that's like, give me some flyers and I'll put them up, down with that, you know. But is that going to be the best use of my time is driving around, you know, and putting that stuff up. And in all honesty, all it's doing is really advertising me. So maybe it would be a good use of my time because it'd be a great way to pick up buyers. But similarly, you know, magazines and newspapers, you know, we used to have – uh, a magazine well we still have a magazine called Home Finder and that's our local like all the realtors put their listings well used to, right? When I started back when I started, we were writing on parchment paper. But um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. Um, it was thick. It had a binding like a phone book, like a square right. binding like a phone book. Yep. And then at some point it devolved into a binding like a People magazine. Like there's just kind of a staple and a couple of sheets of paper right. because um, part of the problem with print media is that it's out of date. And so people don't use it anymore because, like, in our world, that magazine, if we submit our listings to that magazine, we have to turn them in nearly two weeks before the magazine is printed and distributed. So how accurate can it be when the Internet can be, you know, in a moment you can update it and change it and it's accurate everywhere except on Zillow because Zillow is never accurate. So that newspapers, you've seen that. um, Section and that kind of information go down a lot because the recurrent theme is that the buyers are on the internet and that's where you want to be loud and proud. All right, um, oh, I got one more good gem for the next uh, segment. So let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about that. You're listening to Real Real Estate today, your home for smart real estate.
4: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested
1: in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com.
0: What makes a great leader?
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Once again, thank you for coming back. We are in our last segment of today's episode, which is part two of uh, what your realtor should be doing to get buyers through the door and sell your home in terms of marketing. And I think we talked about this last week. We talked about the beginning of the show. We're not talking, how do you price it? We don't talk, we're not talking about staging your home, we're not talking about negotiation or anything like that, but just what do they need to do to make sure your home's getting the maximum exposure and getting buyers through the door one of the things that a lot of sellers don't think about that comes up a lot is um, I'll, I'll get a call from someone they've been listed with another realtor and the home hasn't sold and I say you know what were your concerns why do you think your home didn't sell and they say well my realtor never showed it so my realtor wasn't doing anything
3: mm, that's a loaded that's a loaded statement
2: well here's the thing and so now I, I it's it's I've learned from it, and so I make sure I set the appropriate expectation um, with sellers up front. And, and he, here's, here's my rationale. You actually don't want me showing your house. Certainly, I might sell it better than anyone else, any other realtor, because I know it a little bit better. I know the features. You know, I know what to point out, that kind of thing. However, when I show my own listing, nine times out of ten, it's a random sign call. It's not a client that I have an established relationship with, someone who's been actively looking for homes. It's someone who's found the house online or they've driven by and they're calling you know, me as the listing agent. And what that means is that typically they don't have their own realtor and it means that they haven't gotten really serious about buying yet. Does that makes sense? Mm-hmm. If you have your own realtor, then you've probably gotten really serious about buying. So a lot of times um, the people that I end up showing my listings to they aren't ready. They aren't qualified. The chances of them writing an offer are much slimmer than anybody else. Um, I, I think of I had a. I usually try to ask the buyers, and we've talked about this before. Someone calls me on my sign. I don't know you. I'm going to try and find out a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. I talked to a lady, and I said, "Are you prequalified for a mortgage?" And she assured me that she was, um, that she had you know down payment money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said, "Fine." I showed her the house. Very nice lady. Had not been pre qualified at all, had all kinds of legal issues going on because, bless her heart, her husband had passed away recently and she was very young and it hadn't, the house was still in his name that they were living in. Like she didn't even know what to do. I actually referred her to my attorney. I said, I think you really need to talk to my attorney first because didn't know how to, you know, get the house into her name and her husband had passed away a couple of months before. I mean, it was just nowhere near ready to buy.
3: I guess I would ask then why why would someone say yes? I'm prequalified. I'm not sure why she said that. Okay. I think she felt like she could. She thought it's probably not a problem. Sure,
2: but she hadn't been at all, and she was nowhere near ready. Um, you know, I've had some other people who say, "Are you prequalified?" And they say, "I don't have time for that." Well, then you probably don't have time to buy a house either, um, and so again, probably not a great. Um, option for a buyer for your home. So think about that. A buyer who's working with a realtor is usually at the point where they are ready to buy, um, and you just got much better chances um, with that. So, so I just I, I want people to really understand that your realtor not showing the house isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it actually could be a good thing. Conversely, though, you do want a realtor who is going to respond to inquiries. Um, because you do never know. I mean, there is that slim 5% chance that the person who calls on your house uh, is going to be the one that ends up buying it. It happens every so often. Um, so, one of my other little hints or gems is to, you know, and I don't know, I think this sounds maybe a little um, mean or suspicious, but is to maybe have a friend when your house is listed, call or email the realtor, see what kind of response you get. Because you hear that a lot and I just, I question, I know realtors don't always call me back. Um, And again, I want to make the point that when you're hiring a realtor to sell your home, you're hiring them. So they're working for you. And so I think that it's totally okay to kind of do what you need to do to check up on them and i know and hopefully they respond right back and just oh, i was just curious about the price or something like that and and move on so something uh, to think about uh in terms of that interaction and how much your realtor should be interacting with people who are going to buy your home um a couple of other points hold on i got my paper out of order social media This is another one where I say, well, I was in real estate before Facebook was around. Um, And so I think that as realtors, we are still trying to figure out how to use social media, um, how it should be used. And there's no standard. So it's hard for me to say this is what your realtor absolutely should be doing um, on social media. I think we're still trying to figure that out. I do think social media can serve to create a buzz. I mean, I think that's kind of why social media uh, exists, right, is mm-hmm. creating buzzes. Um, and a buzz is always good for marketing. So, you know, if you've ever, have you ever Googled a home, like you had a client that was interested in a home, you like Google it or something?
3: Yeah. Sometimes they can't find it on the MLS. Yeah. Or it's a for sale by owner kind yeah. of thing, and I'll do that.
2: And if you come up with some social media, some Facebook or something like that, and there's some comments you know there's some buzz that can be a great thing for the home um it's it's like when you have an open house and there's a bunch of people there it makes people worried that oh there's lots of interest in the house I better make a decision quickly Mm -hmm. so it can certainly spur people to move on um you know I love if I put a listing out there and people who aren't necessarily looking for a home but have really positive things to say about it um I think that that can be you know everybody wants to live in a house that other people think is really cool Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so social media can serve to be great in that aspect, but I'm not prepared at this point in time to issue a judgment and say this is an absolute requirement, um, you know, over the MLS or anything else like that. And I think likewise, video, you know, video is kind of the up and coming thing. I think it's hard to do video really, really well, um, and it is hard to do it quickly, which is one of the things when somebody wants their house listed, they want it listed now. And so being able to get video done quickly and done well um, can be very difficult. So if it's done well, it's great. Um, I don't think it hurts, but I don't know that it's necessarily a requirement. You know, when I look at um, some of the top agents in addition to myself um, in our market, not, you know, not many of them are doing video, so I don't know that it's necessarily I don't know, And
3: I don't know if I would want to just necessarily see a video if I'm looking for a home, because I want to be able to walk in and experience that, the feeling of the home. Yeah. And I
2: don't ever click on videos, because it's like, oh, that's eight minutes long? Yeah, no, I don't have time for that. Right. It was 45 seconds, I might, but eight minutes, mm, no. You know, or uh, most of my clients, I swear, they're looking, at home, um, they're looking for their homes when they're at work. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, employers, but that's what your people, or employees are doing. And so they probably don't want to, like, you know, pull up one of these videos, and this, they want to be able to kind of do it a little more stealthily, I think. So, um, so yeah, on videos. Um, so, in general, oh, gosh, hey, the show's over. Okay. Those are the things, we'll try and put this list up on Facebook, just like a bullet point list, I think that would be really useful, um, of things that your realtor should be doing. Um, I want to just revisit the point that I made last week at the beginning of the show, which is that I'm not saying that you as a seller should be telling your realtor how to do their job, but that you as a seller need to take accountability for the sale of the most expensive thing you're ever going to sell in your life. This isn't a candy bar. Uh, It's the most expensive thing that you're going to sell. And so you need to be involved and you need to not just sit back. You know, we always say, where are these sellers who allow these horrible pictures to be online i don't get it why don't they speak up why don't they demand to understand why don't they take some accountability and be involved so that's what i'm trying to encourage you to do and try and encourage you to know what questions to ask um, so that um, you can have a productive conversation with your realtor um, rather than having it be contentious or uncomfortable just asking the question what do you think about open houses do you do them a lot how how useful are they having a conversation like that is much better than like i want you to do an open house um, or not saying anything at all so that's what we're trying to do in these two episodes is kind of find a happy medium so great to have you back karen hope you'll come back next week i hope i'm I'm back next week as well awesome all right well i don't know what we're going to talk about yet but we're going to figure that out here uh, as soon as we get off air so thank you everyone for tuning in always appreciated check me out on facebook 30 days of chuck norris can't go wrong with that you were listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate
1: Thank you for tuning into Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.